can't sleep. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Uh-oh. Mic problems, that's not cool. Well, I better figure that out. Check one, two, one, two. Mic check one, two, one, two. Mic check one, two, one, two. Mic check one, 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 two, 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 three, yeah, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine.
check. One, two, one, two. Mic check. Okay. I thought you cared for Mic me. check. One, two, three, four, what five. What did she do or say that gave you that impression? The way she talked to me. Whoa! Smile. Hello, 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 hello. There we go. Mutiny Radio, Mutiny Radio. Hello again? All right, yeah, that's better. I guess it got unplugged or something. Anyway, you missed my whole beautiful self-serving story! But that's a good topic for today. Let's talk storytelling. Paco, you want to join me? All right. Not yet. Here. Uh, what am I? Hello. Hello. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I'm here. Good deal. Yeah, man. Let's talk about it. Dude. All right. Let me turn that down just a bit. I mean, you could talk about this as comedy in a way right now. It is. Mic, it is. Is the mic working? Right? Yeah. So in comedy, you know, you can find it in every situation. Um, storytelling is a little bit different, though. Nicole Tran, um, she hit me up the other day. We met at Morgan Hill Library. We're going over it. And uh, with storytelling shows, the aim is not necessarily to be funny. That could be helpful, but only if it focuses on your story and your theme. If it distracts from it, even if you get laughs, the storytellers in charge will say, hey, hey, this isn't for comedy. Knock it off. Which is what happened to me the other night at Sweet Bar Bakery in Oakland. Um, so I was supposed to judge for uh, Story Slam Oakland, Julie Soler's show, uh, which is once a month. And um, I was totally pumped. I was looking forward to it. She had said, be there at 7. And that was like when my car started dying. So I had to arrange to pick up my dad's car to replace it. And uh, he wasn't going to be home until a certain time. And then on top of it, there was all this traffic on the freeway. By the time I got the car in Santa Clara and headed up to Oakland, there were two accidents on the 880. Right. So I missed half the show and I lost the judge seat. She sent somebody else up. Luckily, though, I did get called into the open mic. So she drew my name from the hat. I was like the fourth open micer. And I went up to do a five-minute set. And, uh, you know, the theme was Love Bites. So I had plenty of material. But during my set, I got into really dark places just getting things off my chest, which felt good. It's different. Like at the end of a story set, you don't necessarily feel the elated high of comedy, but it's more just like a quiet relief. Like, I've been heard. Thank God. And you, you do feel better, though. It calms your your nerves. It gets rid of stress. But I had been going into a comedy set in the middle because I was covering all this heavy stuff. And I guess I just started feeling like, oh, I'm getting too dark. I need to lighten it with some comedy. But even though it was kind of gay-related, it wasn't really about me and Og and the subject material. So I got called out for that. Now, Faco, you know about The Moth, right? I've heard about the storytelling, yes, the series. The Moth is the biggest and probably the most popular storytelling podcast in the nation. Um, it's based out of San Francisco, but they have a satellite in Oakland, Berkeley, too. Um, 
The guy that runs it is Corey Rosen. Nice Jewish name. Um, <laughs> I might be distantly related to him even. I have a Rosen in my background. Oh, oh. Yeah. At first, I thought he was my fourth cousin, but that was a different Corey Rosen, who was gay in the closet and decided the way to deal with this was to join the Israeli Armed Forces. <laughs> Good luck, There's cousin Corey. Get out of this situation. Yeah. Nobody will think I'm gay now. <laughs> Let's hit the showers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, um, when you do storytelling, comedy is incidental, not critical. So that's the first lesson, especially for comedians. If you get invited to a storytelling show or you have the opportunity, you can do a funny story, but you do not have to. The, the point is to be interesting. So you may be... You may make people laugh. You may make people cry. Yeah, I mean, you could go totally sad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's valid. That's still valid. You know what I'm saying? One of my criticisms I got first few years of comedy was that I wasn't doing comedy. I was doing storytelling. So in the beginning, I was mixing them up. And people rightfully criticized me. That Kyle used to tell me, this is great, Stoll. Let's have some punchlines. <laughs> 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 so, um... It was good to finally start to find some venues because Art Boutique was really where I began doing storytelling. I could just feel it. I think I came there with maybe you and Zugnoni one night and um, I just loved the place on principle because I'm into graphic novels anyway. I loved the feel of it. And then I just started going into stories. I, I started getting things off my chest. And I've been doing that at Woodham's, but it was distracting. And that's mm. how I got that reputation of being not that funny, even if I was interesting. So the two different aims, two different arts, don't try to force them together. That, oh. That's the first one. Do you get, do you, and do you feel like you like storytelling better or comedy stand up? Not better, but it's different. I like storytelling because it's a relief for me. And I feel like there's things that I need to say. And I don't always feel like wrapping them in jokes in order to get them across. Um, I've been told before, like in Santa Cruz, that you're funny when you want to be. And when I don't want to be funny, a storytelling set is great. Because I don't have to be. Right. Yeah. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know? You don't have to be. And then, uh, it, there's a lot of pressure off of you. You know? That's a, that, that's a lot of pressure off. It is. Where you have to be funny. And you have to come up with a joke. And you have to... Uh, yeah. Make sure everyone understands the premise. Or, you know, everything is translated before that could hit. You know? Exactly. So, the storytelling... I like storytelling. It's fun. I did your storytelling show in uh, Morgan Hill. That's right. Yeah. And we had a good time there um i did a burning tale before it's not around no more it was hosted by mighty mike mcgee yeah i did that one too yeah the yeah. poet laureate of santa clara county yeah, yeah. and uh, uh it's cool and sometimes i don't care sometimes i go to an open mic and i'm just gonna do a story even if there's no funny things mm-hmm. you know sometimes i just want to talk about something yeah it reminded me of something you know i don't do it generally at showcases but open mics oh hell yeah especially at a mixed mic yeah mixed mic especially it's my time now you know yeah. i want to talk whatever i want if i want to talk about a rat orgy for five minutes then let's go mm-hmm. you know yeah. it don't matter so anyways um but it's nice it's nice and um uh, are you thinking you're drawing up another story show coming up or what? Yeah, I'm going to produce more. I got one here at Mutiny Radio that's coming up next month. It's Saturday, March 17th. 
uh, 8 to 10 p.m. It's part of our Friends of Mutiny series where we fundraise to keep the station afloat. And so Pam does not have to dip into her savings. Oh. <laughs> That's good. You help out. You it is. Yeah. And we bring in some good money and people there. You can listen to the Friends of Mutiny as a podcast on Apple um, it's available now. And uh, lots of different shows that different people have produced are on there. we got music, comedy, storytelling, um, women's issues, and uh, speakers. Just great material. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that show. i got a really great lineup. Julie Soler, like I mentioned, from Story Slam Oakland is going to be on there. And uh, I've known her for a couple of years. She, she's really encouraged me, and she's helped me out. And uh, one time I even won, like, a $50 gift certificate for a flotation in Oakland. Somebody's Ooh. on the phone. I wonder if it's Gail and if she's feeling sweet. We shall see. Stay tuned. never stay on topic dear and make it all about you you understand put her on yeah that's the thing you never even bother to learn anything about us on our end it's all about you and getting things off your chest so it is a little frustrating sometimes thank you um we're discussing storytelling today yeah, as an art form, and it's, yeah, the show's around the Bay Area. Do you have anything playing? Yeah, the music's playing. Yeah, I'll maybe get you up. Alright, that was sweet Gail. Um, sometimes I'm in the mood to chat, sometimes I'm not. But yeah, courtesy of manners, I'm working on that. I'm not very good at them. I used to be when I was young. I was such a nice little Jewish kid. And then the Wolfman bit me. <laughs> hey. 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 The Wolfman got stolen. It's Wolf. It's Wolfowitz, dude. Dude, they're remaking American Werewolf in London. Are you serious? Yeah, with the the director producer's uh, son, um, the guy that did all the special effects. So, um, so it, I, th- I think it's going to be called the Mexican-American Werewolf in London. They already yeah. made one of those. It was like a, a weird sequel. It was the Chupacabra on the loose oh, in Texas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I never actually saw it. I wanted to. See, now I want to watch it. <laughs> but I rem- The only Chupacabras I remember was on X-Files. They had an X-Files episode of Chupacabras. Do you remember that at all? Because I was never really an X-Files fan. Oh. I never really watched it. Come on, man. Yeah. You needed to know, man. Come on. Truth's out there. It's or out in there. here. In here. Oh. <laughs> we're here at the workshop. Yeah, we're getting sketchy here at Mutiny Radio. I'm Stolowitz. That's Faco. And uh, we're talking about storytelling today. And uh, what makes it different from stand-up comedy. And tips and tricks if you're going to be on a storytelling show. Uh, I, myself, am getting ready for the Moth. It's going to be hosted by Omar Qureshi this month in San Francisco on the 27th, I believe. So it is an open mic format from what I understand. I don't know if there's a cover charge, but I'm ready to pay it. (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to get my stuff together so I'll have a solid story set when I go up. Now, I've listened to the Moth on on podcasts. That's how a lot of people know them. They pick like the best of their material for that. And the Moth was... 
instrumental in the whole storytelling scene. A lot of people have copied its format. So usually there is a theme for the evening at storytelling shows. This uh, can be suggested by participants, but it's usually picked by the host in advance. It may have something to do with uh, current events or the time of year. So for example, a love show around Valentine's Day. Um, sometimes it's just themes that the, the host is exploring. So with Story Slam Oakland, we've had lots of cool themes. There's been uh, love, drugs, um, sex, violence. Uh, cats and dogs, things like that. So you could go all over the spectrum. And uh, you don't want to pick something too obscure for a theme. Try to pick relatable subjects that most people can identify with or at least find really interesting. Again, the keyword is interesting with stories. So um, my theme that I picked for our storytelling show is irony, because I've had a lot of it in my life lately. You had any irony going on, Faco? irony going on yeah like what like something's strange is happening you know ironic like explain to me ironic you're ironic uh, <laughs> so it, it means something happens in a a way that makes it funny for contradicting itself oh so oh you remember like yeah. atlantis morissette song yeah oh. a traffic jam when you're already late to no smoking sign on your cigarette break oh. <laughs> Like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. It's meeting the man of my dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife. <laughs> Dude, I'm happy, but I'm sad. That one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so I, I did radio. I've been doing radio for a long time. You want to know something funny that happened to me like that? Sure. Um, so someone complained to when I was doing radio at a station that I was playing mainstream like I played a mainstream artist like let's say I played Mariah Carey okay I was not supposed to play uh, mainstream commercial hits it's supposed to be the underground sound you know okay. like independent artists so you so. weren't indie enough yeah okay so anyways I go and I talk to the program director I go to his shift and he's in trouble he's going hey, look man you can't do this okay you know well, this is an underground sound you know it's an independent music 24 7 right and as he's yelling at me telling me this he's doing his show right and he's playing you know like public enemy <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, it was just funny i didn't even call him out on it i just thought that's this is ironic you it know is. What yeah <laughs> i didn't even call it out. this is supposed to be hilarious. free speech radio i can't yeah. play what i want <laughs> <laughs> you know and what's it called um yeah, and uh, it was just funny that, that that happened. You know what I'm saying? It I didn't is. say anything. I didn't get mad at him. I was just like, okay, this yeah. is cool. And this that is, cool. is a good story. That was about five minutes. Right now? Yeah. No way. I, that must have been like a minute and a half. Oh, that's short, huh? <laughs> okay. I guess I could stretch it out. You know what I'm saying? You can't if you were to go into a theme or details. You know, the lightning hit the clock tower. <laughs> 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 you know, we could go like that. You know what I'm saying? But and that's like a, a story of irony. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was my program director, but everything was cool. It's not like he told, "Hey, you're you're uh, suspended." He was. He just told me, "Hey, don't do this." Mm -hmm. So it's not like he was too harsh. You know. Okay. Yeah, man, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. So, like, um, when you're selecting a story for the theme, 
I mean, you, you intuited it. You didn't maybe understand what irony was when we first started talking, but you got it right away and you were able to relate to it. You found something. Right. So, um, when you lay it out, it's kind of like writing an essay for school, if you were ever good at that. But you don't have to follow a million rules as far as punctuation and grammar and stuff. You have a lot more freedom because storytelling is visual as well as auditory. So you can use your body to emphasize or uh, illustrate different points in your story. And it adds a whole other dimension. Uh, some cultures use their hands more than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jews love using their hands when they talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of people do. Um, the pausing, I think, is even is even is greater in storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, for effect. For effect to you know catch up everyone to um, you know stuff like that. You know, you know, and then. He told me, there's no more fries. <laughs> <laughs> Good. In that case, he used it as a setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Clever. So, what's it called? Um, yeah. Storytelling's cool, man. It like it, It's almost like, you know, the restraints are off. You can say whatever you want. Uh-huh. Make it all relatable. Details, right? Yeah. It's important not to go off topic yeah. and get distracted because... There's lots of different interesting details you can use, but even if they're interesting, do they, you know, help explain your your premise or are they wandering off into a tangent? So, Gail, I mean, sweet and lovely as she is, goes on many tangents, which is one of the reasons why people get frustrated with her. Um, I haven't talked to her yet. No? No, so... Uh, but shout outs to her. Yeah. She called you up. She did. You know? And that was the second time for one show. That's pretty uh-huh. good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk more in the future. We'll see how it goes. Um, we will be. Yeah. So if we're doing, like, say, a story on irony, and uh, we're going through the first few minutes illustrating examples in our life, building a background, um, a point of reference, a focus, and a direction, it's not going to make any sense to jump off and talk about, like chocolates unless they're ironic you know right, right. okay so you stay focused you carry the, the thesis through mm-hmm. um to the end and you use all your tools in order to illustrate your story so by the end of it as you're wrapping things up into a conclusion it's succinct it's powerful you haven't gone over the light yeah and uh you've delivered something poignant right and it's also good you know like to think about it like like you know the good thing about storytelling is like you know it's like when you're talking to your friends you know and you're telling them a story right it's very you you know you can do it anybody can do it. you do it if you think about it like that you know and um and it'll help you i don't think it necessarily in comedy doesn't help you like you do something funny to your friends that doesn't actually translate that that joke is funny on stage like doing stand-up you get what i'm saying yeah maybe it more doesn't. for sketch or improv yeah you it's you you know but you can't really do that but in storytelling you can because you tell your friends the whole story and that's what you do you know and that's just the storytelling so it'll help you you know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's, and a lot of the tools from that helps you in the storytelling. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so anybody can do it. And as long as you're just talking to them like you're normal people, you know? Hey. Exactly. Yeah. 
So yeah, when you are in front of an audience with stand-up, it, it's good to just relate to them as people. You don't have to imagine they're so different from you. I mean, unless you're talking about something really obscure that most of them won't get. Um, you know, if you have a topic that's relatable, then they're there. And also, storytelling audiences tend to be uh, more focused. They, they give more time. They're willing to give people a longer time to explain themselves or make a, a point without, you know, yelling out, say something funny. Or, you know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a storyteller's show get heckled. And if it did, that person got escorted out pretty yeah, quickly. That's a good thing. I yeah. haven't seen that. At least my eyes with a storytelling. Yeah. Or even if they had somebody say something, they wasn't, the guy wasn't saying yeah. negative. They're not always clean either. You have dirty shows, but oh, they, yeah. they warn people in advance so what's the term now for the grown and sexy that's the term for the grown and sexy crowd yeah (laughs) Um, the key though is if you are going to get dirty you need to make it worth it in order to make the points in your story so is it interesting or are you just being gross for gross's sake so a story about sex could be really wonderful if it's exciting or funny or strange or even sad but if it's just porn i mean any of us can look that up on the internet dude porn <laughs> take it to another place for a minute. <laughs> that we're talking about comedy stories. <laughs> well, so a comedic storytelling session. Say yeah. you're going to tell a funny story. And this doesn't have to be at a storytelling show. It could be at a showcase or an open mic. Um, any tips for that? Um, tips for... A funny story. Uh, any funny story? Yeah. Oh, you, know, you know, smile, right? Smile. <laughs> I think that's a yeah. good one. Smile. Sure. Don't be don't be. Excited, I'm suicidal be comic. I hate my life. Yeah. <laughs> be excited. You know, I get a stare. Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's yeah. important. Enthusiasm. Like you want it. Like you got this fucking story from God himself, <laughs> and you're gonna tell him. See you. I, he told me, man. I gotta tell you this. That you gotta have like that kind of belief. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, conviction. Yeah, man. So I didn't do that, and, and you know, people always. Uh, I used to always think too, like, oh, it's honest, it's honest, it's gotta be honest, it's funny, and that's cool. And storytelling, honest, is the best, right? Yeah. Honest. That's the whole point. Almost, and truth is stranger than fiction. You don't have to lie. Yeah. What's Uncle Dave always say? I ain't got to lie to kick it. Uh, yeah, you ain't got to lie <laughs> to kick it. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Ain't nothing but chewed up grass. <laughs> it's not what you do. It's how you do yeah. it. <laughs> Stop. Look. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Uncle Dave. Everybody knows his quotes. <laughs> they're classic 70s lines, actually. Yeah. He just compiled them. And they're the the best so it's fine he's got his thing i owe him i owe him dude he gave me some girl scout cookies yeah legitimate girl scout cookies (laughs) i took almost like two rows (laughs) <laughs> Which ones? Oh, it was peanut butter chocolate. Oh, it was the best oh, Jagalongs, oh, yes. Oh, I'm up at this fucking table right now. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I owe him a beer. And, um, yeah, we talked about Uncle Dave, right? Stop, look, listen. Yeah. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I am David Stolowitz here in the studio with Faco, getting sketchy, talking about storytelling as an art form, and uh, when to integrate it into a comedy set. So, 
Now, if you're not going to have a punchline kind of format, it's okay to tell funny stories, but you have to get to the point pretty quick if you're going to be at a comedy scene. So you, you can't get off into Neverland and people will be like, where is this going? Yeah. Do you remember any uh, really funny sets you told stories at, Faco? Because you have a lot of good ones. Yeah, man, uh, I do. Um, like I said, uh, your, your, uh, your showcase. Uh-huh. I, told, I thought one of my favorite stories, dude. <laughs> but I don't know if I should tell it now. Okay, but I, I mean, like, as a, at a comedy show, have you ever just told stories? I tried, and some people, I, I, some people go, come on, you know, uh-huh. it's, hey, comedy is the volleyball, kid, and you can't just keep setting, you know? Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't keep setting, kid. <laughs> you gotta spike it down sometimes. Ah, okay. So, yes, we got to get to the point if it's during a comedy set. This is just like, you know, general, you know, comedy tips because there's no, you know, wrong way to do comedy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do it. And some motherfuckers are so lucky they don't need punchlines, dude. Some guys are just funny, dude. That's true. Can you think of any comedic storytellers? Enoch. Enoch. Yeah, Enoch. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Enoch. Karachailak, I think Karachailak. I hope I got it. <laughs> it's hard to say the Turkish. But uh, he's great, dude. He has a uh, natural delivery. Everything is just very natural. And he he's done. He's won Moth too. Ah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I saw that. He's done really good. He's really good. He had a showcase in Fremont, and he did great, dude. At Slapface Coffee and Tea, excuse me for the plug, but hey, every first Saturdays of every month. Oh, it's a great show, and you pack it out, don't you, Fabio? Hey, we try, man. You know what I'm saying? We put the word out, and they come, dude. It's then it's pretty cool. We just stay consistent for Saturday. Yeah, two um, stories, great coffee, great coffee. They got uh, ice cream, water, water. <laughs> whatever your deal is, yeah. man. Woo, <laughs> 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 woo. <Woo-woo. laughs> And um, yeah, man, he's good, good storyteller. Victor Cruz Perez is a good storyteller. Yes. He's in San Jose. He's a good storyteller. Mean Dave is a good storyteller. Oh yeah, his are so funny. Yeah, and he's just talking about his own life. You know? Yeah, man, and he's great at it, dude. And he, uh, that's a good guy around here. That's a a good storyteller. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's pretty cool. Uh, Mighty Mike McGee's a good storyteller. He's from San Jose. And, oh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, man. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a break for a little bit. Uh, I'll turn on some comedy writer interviews for you all to enjoy while I take some food. Stay tuned. <laughs> A man, a journalist, by the name Rob Walker, wanted to find out is, is storytelling really the most powerful tool of all? And in order to do this, 
he went on his computer and he bought 200 objects from eBay. And the average price of the objects were about $1. He then called 200 authors and he asked them, hey, would you like to be part of the significant object study? Which means that I would like you to write a story to one of the objects. And 200 authors said yes. So there he had 200 objects, he had 200 stories, and I assume that it was with nail-biting anticipation that he went on eBay again with all the 200 objects. Would there be a difference? Would there be a change? Do you think there was a change? Yes. One of the objects was this, this beautiful horse's head. There we go. The beautiful horse's head. Now this beautiful horse's head was bought for 99 cents and was sold when the story was added for $62.95. That is a slight increase of 6,395%. So was this a one-off situation? Not really, because he bought the 200 objects for a total of $129, selling them for $8,000. Now that's insane. But you know what's even more intellectually challenging to understand is how can you and I go to the movies and pay good money to watch movies like James Bond who are absolutely unrealistic. And we sit there, we enjoy the movie, and some of us, we really enjoy the movie. And we leave the theater going like, God, what a man! <laughs> I would like to be more like him, I'd like to walk like him, I'd like to talk like him. I like Bond. Wonder how I could be more like Bond. And then this weird revelation hits you like from nowhere and you come up with a brilliant idea to walk to a watchmaker shop. And wow, it just happens to be an Omega watch in that shop that resembles the one that Bond was wearing in the movie. And you pay $10,000 to put that watch on your wrist and you leave that store feeling more like Bond. How is that possible? PQ Media tells us that $10.5 billion is turned over in product placement revenue every single year. How is it possible for you to be so easily tricked by something so simple as a story? Because you are tricked. Well, it all comes down to one core thing, and that is emotional investment. The more emotionally invested you are in anything in your life, the less critical and the less objectively observant you become. And the greatest emotional investment of all is falling in love. Now, falling in love resembles a good story. Do you remember the last time you fell in love? Do you? Good for you. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Do you remember how you longed and how you yearned and how you dreamt? And then you looked at her and maybe you thought, God, I love the way you chew that apple. <laughs> so crunchy. <laughs> oh, and the way you slurp that tea just over the edge, you know. <laughs> oh, it's so sexy. Love it. And then about 13 months later when you biochemically fall in out of love, 13 months later, on an average, you fall out of love. Suddenly, you find yourself sitting in the sofa and you go, Jesus Christ, where did this thing come from? Oh my God, and where are my friends? This is a weird thing. And then suddenly you hear a sound. You go like, what's that? 
And you go over to the kitchen and you look and you go like, oh, it's you. You're eating an apple there. <laughs> Could you just keep that down just a little bit? Yeah, you're kind of spraying the table there. Please, please don't. And you sit down comfortably again and just a minute later you hear somebody drinking tea from the kitchen going. <laughs> and suddenly this is all annoying to you. Have you been there? Sadly enough. 30 months later, our critical thinking and our cortex comes home from a one-year-long vacation and we start questioning things. Now during those 30 months, what happened was that your brain was flooded with neurotransmitters and hormones hijacking your cortex, throwing your objectively observant skills out of the window. And the thing with the storytelling is that the same thing can happen. In stories, the same hormones and neurotransmitters can be released. Hormones like vasopressin, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, endorphins. And do you know what? That's what I would like to do during my talk. I would like to induce three hormones into your brain. I call it the angel's cocktail, so it's a nice cocktail. I would like to start with radically increasing your dopamine levels. And I, I need your consent on this. Is that okay? Yes. Cool. And if you don't like the idea of that, you'll just have to cover your ears. So dopamine, this is what it looks like. And when you have that in your blood, these are the beautiful effects. You get more focus, more motivation, and you remember things in a better way. So what does dopamine feel like? It feels like this. About six years ago, I received a phone call from a woman who represented one of the biggest training companies in Scandinavia, and she said, hey David, we've got a lot of trainers in presentation skills and in rhetorics, and we would like to increase the level of all of these. And we think you are a perfect pick. Would you like to come to a meeting? I'm like, wow, I'm honored, I'd love to. And I come up to Stockholm, and I'm going to their office, and just as I am going to pull the handle down, what I don't know then is that I'm walking into one of the absolute worst meetings I am ever going to have in my life. But I don't know that yet, so it's okay. I open the door and I meet this woman, her name is Liana, and hurriedly she says, David, just so you know, I'm not the one you're going to have this meeting with. You're going to have it with three gentlemen uh, further on here. And I'm like, okay, that's a bit strange. Uh, usually you know who you're going to have the meeting with. And then she progresses with a bit of chit-chatting, and then suddenly she says, are you, are you ready now? And I'm like, yeah, what should I be ready for? <laughs> and then she says, just so you know, can you see the room over there? And I go like, yes, I can see it. Well, in that room, you have the three gentlemen. Just so you know, they're all majority owners of this company. They've all got an ex-military background, and uh, none of them wants the training that you are going to pitch. <laughs> I'm like, come on, what, why am I here? And it's like, well, all the trainers want this, but the management are on too high horses. They can't see that they need it. So it's pretty simple. The only thing you have to do is go in there and, and kind of, you know, just prove the opposite. I'm like, yeah, that sounds simple, doesn't it? And I can remember myself. I'm walking towards this office. My sweat is coming down my palms. My heart is racing. And just halfway there, uh, she calls my name. And I still, to this day, don't know if this woman is sadomasochistic or just downright unintelligent. Because she calls my name and she goes like, David, and it's like I'm going to get a tip, you know, something like that. So I turn around to ask her, go like, and she says the following. 
And if I don't tell you what she says there, is that annoying? <laughs> well, actually, as an example, I'm not going to do that. I just wanted to prove to you what it feels with high dopamine levels. Would you say that your focus was increased? Your attention was increased. You were creative, you created situations around this and you probably already figured out what that room looked like, correct? And you remember that I did that to you for quite a while. Now the feeling you had there was high levels of dopamine, which is beautiful. So how do you do that? Well, what you do is you build suspense, you launch a cliffhanger, and the most beautiful thing of all is that all storytelling is per definition dopamine creating because it's always something that we're waiting and expecting. So just imagine, just by using storytelling, you can get those techniques. You don't have to do a cliffhanger like I did. So that was the first hormone. I'd now like to go to oxytocin. Is that okay as well? I'll induce that. All right. The beautiful effects of oxytocin are the following. You become more generous, you trust me more, and you bond to me. Do you want to do that? All right. Right, so this was, uh, was nine months have passed, and uh, it was a planned cesarean. And the little brother, who was five years of age at that point of time, he was kind of really looking forward to what's going to be, what's going to happen. He was going to become a big brother, and he'd helped us pick out the wallpaper. He'd helped choose the bed linen. He'd even saved his own pocket money to buy a little stuffed animal which was placed on the pillowcase. And about two days before the planned cesarean, something happened. Something wasn't right. The parents couldn't, something was off. And the day before there was simply no movement in the stomach. There was no heartbeat. You couldn't feel or hear anything at all. So the parents were rushed into hospital lay down on a bed, and doctor comes in, checks the stomach, looks at me, and sees what I see, and that is that the heart is no longer beating for this child. This was me, nine years ago. It was the worst thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I don't know, do you, can you just imagine what you have to tell, a how you tell that to a five-year-old? Can you just imagine that? Because he's home there waiting anticipation for this coming event. But it won't happen. So part of me, and to handle that, I talk about it. And I've talked to you about it now. And now, you've got higher levels of oxytocin in your blood, whether you want it or not which means that you feel more human. You're bonding to me, and you feel more relaxed. So how do you do that? In storytelling, you create empathy. So whatever character you build, you create empathy for that character. And oxytocin is the most beautiful hormone of all, because you feel human. Now the third and last hormone is endorphins, and I would like to show you a woman which we can say has overdosed on endorphins. Let's just look what that looks like. Oh, we'll go here. To inspire and to respond. Are you speaking or listening?
Just begin to listen. To inspire and to respond. To inspire and to respond. And in all circumstances. <laughs> and in all circumstances. Of our life together. <laughs> Of our life together. Of our life together. To be loyal to you. With my whole life. With my whole life. And with all my being. And with all my being. Until death parts us. Until death parts us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the timing of that is so lousy, isn't it? So how do you create endorphins? Well, you make people laugh. What happens then is that they become more creative, they become more relaxed, and again they become more focused, which is beautiful to have. Now all these three hormones that I've induced into your brain now is what I call the angel's cocktail. But there is an opposite of that cocktail, and I call that the devil's cocktail. And the devil's cocktail has high levels of cortisol and adrenaline, and they feel like this. Sorry to do that to you. So high levels of cortisol and adrenaline. And the problem with that is that if you've got really high concentrations, which I didn't give you there, but when you've got high concentrations, look at this. Is this something that you want to have the people you talk to have in their blood, in their system? No. Now, in our stressful work lives, in our stressful lives, many times, when you present, when you communicate, when you deliver meetings, which one do you think they've drunk most of? The devil's cocktail or the angel's cocktail? Most commonly, the devil's cocktail. And the problem then is that you've got all this to work against. But all of that can change today. All of that can change by you starting to use something I call functional storytelling. And functional storytelling means that you do these three things. One, you have to understand that you don't have to be a bearded old man in front of a fireplace with a dark voice in order to be a great storyteller. In my experience, when I train people, everybody is a good storyteller from birth. The only problem is that you don't believe in it. The second thing is this, write down your stories. You'll notice that you have three to four times more stories in your life than you normally or than you thought that you had. Three, index those stories. Which of your stories make people laugh, i.e. create endorphins? Which makes people feel empathy, i.e. oxytocin? And the next time you go into a meeting, you pick the story you want to release the hormone you wish in the person that you're talking to to get exactly the desired effects that you want. And that's a beautiful thing. Now, you know me, some of you know me as Mr. Death by PowerPoint. And uh, I want to round off with making my point very clear. And my point is this. 100,000 years ago, we started developing our language. It's sound to say that we started using storytelling to transfer knowledge from generation to generation. 27,000 years ago, we started transferring knowledge from generation to generation through cave paintings. 3,500 years ago, we started transferring knowledge from generation to generation through text. 28 years ago, PowerPoint was born. Which one do you think our brain is mostly adapted to? 
Thank you very much. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm David Stolowitz. I'm here with Faco. That was the magical science of storytelling, a TED talk from uh, Monterey. And uh, Faco's kind of skeptical about it. But I thought it was interesting. They were talking about uh, neurotransmitters and the chemistry of your brain and how comedy triggers uh, endorphins. Uh, whereas storytelling is more about oxytocin. And the key word he used was empathy. So storytelling helps us to relate to each other as human beings. It can humanize a subject or a person that might have otherwise seemed threatening, distant, or even exotic. Exotic. Ooh, so exotic. You remember something, Stolowitz. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know about storytelling and comedy? You, 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 you learn the big words. Okay? Okay. You, you, like the serotonins. Yeah, but they are... And the monoxidils. It is too much if people don't understand it, right? Because if I just throw out big words that you don't get, you know, that, that doesn't help with a story, right? It doesn't. Yeah, I can explain what they mean, but I got to make it quick. You do, yeah. a little bit, but you got to make it interesting more than Exactly, that, yeah. You know... But anyways, I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm sorry. It's all right. A I'm lot a of hater. people don't like to eat hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> they do charge a lot for those events. You have to pay like $200, $300 a ticket. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like the, the best intellectuals and academics in the world, but it is a very small, closed circle. And you can watch it all for free on YouTube, basically, but not everybody's into it. A lot of the Silicon Valley folks are, though. They, no. they look to it for advice and inspiration, <laughs> and they give the talks themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if Kathy Klotz guest ended up doing one, uh, one I, year. I thought she does do it, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. probably, because she's all into marketing and, and brand and stuff. Motivator. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Uh huh. She's gonna be on a storytelling show too. Oh, on yours? Uh huh. Awesome. That's yeah. uh, when again? March seventeenth. It's Saturday. Saturday. Ooh. Eight to ten p.m. Wait, ten dollars. Hold on. Hold on. What? what? Be St. Patrick's Day? Is it? March seventeenth. The Saturday? March seventeenth. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? That's probably why Cap had a uh, St. Patrick's Day concert. I hadn't even thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's St. Patrick's Day. Or isn't that the 10th? I always thought the 17th is St. Patrick's Day, but why am I thinking that? Well, let's find out. Find out. You know, I'm using Siri, when is St. Patrick's Day? Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. St. Patrick's Day is on Saturday, March 17, 2018. Here we go. Okay. Fact check me. This well, hell, is you know, storytelling is a good thing for St. Patty's Day. I mean, so, obviously we can't really drink here, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's perfect for the people who don't want to drink, too, you know? Yeah, they got to have that alternative. So there's an alternative right there. Boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think you just found out your, your theme for the movie. Yeah. Uh, being sober. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah but in all that's pretty cool man you got a good show coming up that's gonna be awesome yeah i'm excited so uh Faco, you want to jump over to omg today why not yeah it's getting good i'm trying to do some more promotion for them uh Gallagher gave me permission to make some visuals and stuff, so I'll be scattering it around social media. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. OMG. 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 Oh. Ooh. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, the, the mic to hit. It's the mic to hit. Sixth Street, every Sunday and Tuesday. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. And, um,. Oh, uh, well, dude, this is the circuit. You could do this show, right? The comedy workshop, 4 to 6 p.m. Go to OMG on 6th Street. Do their mic. Go to the Punchline San Francisco. Then end up at the Milk Bar. For the late mic with Terry Dorsey. Terry Dorsey. Starts around 10. Goes into the wee wee house. <laughs> this Terry Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> Heavyweight comedy has knocked me out a couple times. <laughs> I'm from Chicago. <laughs> Heavyweight comedy. I like Terry Dorsey, man. He's a good comedian, man. He knows. That's a good guy who's a storyteller, too. That guy gets a storyteller, too. That's true. He, Terry Dorsey's a storyteller, you know? Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. It's spiffy. Also, let me tell you a story about the Muni Radio Comedy Festival coming up next month. March 1st through 5th, Thursday through Saturday from 6 to 11, and Sunday and Monday from 5 to 10. 37 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, live for 30 audience members, or, you know, podcasts are fun too, at mutinyradio.fm. But come out and see some of the shows live if you can because it's a real treat we're all friendly here and we've been leveling up and getting slightly more funding and service so the place is shaping up quite nicely uh we have a rotating art gallery here with different stuff each month right now it looks like dinosaurs are practicing voodoo it's very <laughs> postmodern. it is yes and um it's a lovely little performance space that you can enjoy for an intimate evening of comedy, fraternity, and fun. Check it out. Boom. Yeah. It's awesome. So many comedians. So much time. So good time. So many suicidal insects. Oh, <laughs> suicidal insects. Look out for bees. Bees? Bees. They're like the terrorists, dude, of the sky, man. They will kill themselves to sting you, dude. Ah, okay. They're yeah. done. Yeah. And look out for the jihad, or bihad, I'm sorry. Bihad, yes. <laughs> now I'm doing some material here. Oh, it's no. a workshop. How dare you? No, you're welcome to do material here. Everybody is. If you want to do a set, you can, Faka. I don't know, man. I like just talking with you. It is fun, right? It is. Yeah. This is good. This is good uh, material we got, man. Yeah. You know, we got David Stigmatowitz. Yeah. Fuck old Davis Jr., dude. <laughs> 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 and we're here, man. And, um, man, we've done a lot of mics together, David Stolowitz. Yes, we have, sir. Probably hundreds. <laughs> yeah, easily. Man, all over the bay. Dude. I was thinking about that the other day. In Monterey, I was at the Pink Flamingo, and uh, Chris let us write our own intros. She just handed us an index card. So I'm like, I have done 500 odd dive bars from here to Sebastopol. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you went to have you been to that Sebastopol mic on Sundays? The hot, hot monk, hot monk. Yeah. I'd like to go back. Yeah, it's a good spot, dude. It's great, man. I only went there once. Who was I with? Uh, Dave Zagnoni, and it was pretty fun, dude. You know, it was grooving, grooving. But yeah, yeah. But, um, and Monterey Pig Flamingo. That's tight. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that place. I like working with the owner. There's a whole new comedy scene growing up there, so it's exciting to be a part of it. That's sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So people just go on the fly. They try to freestyle. They'll die, or they won't, you know. Oh, not bad. I made it like five seconds. That was actually pretty pretty good. I got inspired. Zorba was doing great the other week. Zorba could flow easily. Yeah. Reggie Shorter. Mm -hmm. But they've been practicing since they were kids, like nine years old. Oh, serious? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they were, uh, I think one day in full force. You ever seen that <laughs> Full Force? No. Yeah. What's that? I think Zorba was in that one. I could be <laughs> wrong, though, dude. <laughs> but yeah. Zorba's cool, man. And, uh. What's it called? Um. What? Ooh, I like that change right there. <laughs> uh-huh. Ooh. 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 A transition. Ooh. Transitions. But um, it's it's crazy, man. Just doing this whole stand-up thing. Sometimes I feel why, like, why am I doing it? But otherwise, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I was at Los Banos yesterday, and they showed a lot of love over there, man. They were really cool, and uh, got some got some food. They got a new uh, kitchen now there. They make pizzas and dogs. What's the venue name? Paraiso Brewery. Excelente. Excelente. And um, it's in Los Banos or Los Banos, you know, the baths. Yeah. <laughs> That's Paco smoking in the shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of old people always told me they used to smoke in the shower. I never have. Have you? My, Augustine does it. Really? Yeah. Smoke? Well, like, if it's really wet outside, he doesn't want to go out, so he'll just, like, open the vent in the shower and smoke in there. While he's showering? No, I don't no. think he does it while he's showering, although that'd be funny. I was like, oh, some people told me they would smoke in the sh- in the in the shower as they were showering. Mm, sensual. I know. I'm like, dude, that wouldn't work with me because I smoke joys. <laughs> well, I did that once, but it's a different experience. Woo! <laughs> you know, so yeah, man. But um, you know, uh, weed tricks. Uh, you could smoke in a freezer. You ever smoked in a freezer, like in the, like in the supermarket, in the freezer, or even the refrigerator? But Why? I think the freezer. Why would you do that? You smoke and you can't. It doesn't smell. Like the ice. Or I guess it's so cold. I don't know what it is. Condenses but, it. Okay. You know, but it's you know, it's, it doesn't stink. Okay. No one can tell. That's why everybody would go. Let's smoke in the freezer, man. Uh. No one knows. <laughs> Too cool. I wonder, and that's where the freezer with the meats is. So does the smoke, the meat get into the, or the smoke get into the meat? Yeah, that's a good question. A- at least a little, right? Well, yeah, it has to. Right? Yeah. I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he's like, wow, my dinner smells funky. It smells funky. <laughs> it smells like, it smells like uh, Jamaican music. It smells like the reggae. Stole it. Oh. You play the reggae? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, um, what about playing to an audience like, like, you ever played to like, um, like an audience that, like international people? Like, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. you did a mic in Mexico, right? No, I didn't get to because it wasn't the time for it. Okay. I was there for like two weeks and it happened to be like a week after I was leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was a monthly thing. Oh. Yeah, so I just missed it. But uh, international folks, yeah, I had a few Brits in the audience before, but other than that, not really. the brits yeah um i mean i guess part of it is you can't really tell unless people have a strong accent and even then they might have lived here for years so i think when i played what theater was that it's an sf um our little theater okay you remember that i've heard of it they had a bunch of international students that would come or an international tourist because they was right there in like almost like the what was it like financial district or uh, like financial tenderloin district kind of like that area you know okay. as far as you know so yeah and a lot of them didn't know English of course there was only like 10 of them you know but that's a crowd <laughs> 10 of of people that you know don't, English is not their first language. You gotta see if it translates your jokes, you know? So the audience just didn't even know English? Like, you know, they're limited English. They do limited English. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'd definitely be a, a challenge. <laughs> yeah, man. You'd have to rely entirely on physical or go to their language. Yeah, yeah. or just, you know, stick to the words that are pretty known, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you, ever, you know, I'm sure they know the penis, you know? <laughs> Everybody yeah, knows the word penis, right? At first, <laughs> yeah. well, not everyone, but yeah, enough. You know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I bet you they know the word penis, but uh, more than they know the word cock. Yeah, think about that. Maybe that's what I think. Penis is more well, universal. Well, it, it's penne in penne. No, penne. Penne in Spanish. Is it pena, penne, or penne? Penne, no. Uh, I call it Pekin. Pekin? <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that yet. It's, it's like a little one. It's like a, <laughs> a little, little, little cute one. <laughs> oh, Pinga. Oh. You. Be quiet. Yeah, it's my phone just warning me about open mics. Uh, uh, it does uh, that. Uh, that's not right. Uh, uh, uh. You know, there's so many different shows and and things and comedy to keep track of i get burnt out some nights i just i I lie down in bed and it's totally silent and i just have a million things from the day going through my head about shows and things people said and plans and what didn't didn't work and on and on and on it goes it's like i'm i really advise people you know always take a break during the week you know, if you want to grind six days, that's great, but don't go all seven because you got to get a breather. 
yeah, yeah. it does help out to get a little breather here and there man yeah you know too much of anything is just like exactly which is why i think we don't have saturday night open mics that's usually just for showcases yeah um, also, so. you know, it'd be nice well no there's it? a few but it's also good to have showcases too that's a good day for showcases you know yeah but it's nice to have a specific weekend day where people may not be working at least i I mean you know i'm sure the uh, whoever runs the saturday open mic anywhere will have some people you know yeah they would there's a lot of also like you know people who who, like weekend warriors they can only do shit on the weekends a mic on the weekends like they can do you get what i'm saying yeah or i don't know if it's weekend you know the people who just work a lot you know get and um i like you know what shows i like i like variety shows where there's a musician there's a comedian there's um a poet you know i like those kind of shows yeah me too the mixed mics but even just the showcases you know what i'm saying do they do that very often uh there's a few that do it yeah there's a few that do it you know it's pretty cool i like it i like it i'm starting to see it a little more where do you see it at oh let's see uh i know mighty mike mcgee runs it in san jose he runs a few at like a cafe not cafe forager i forgot the name of it but you can look up mighty mike mcgee and then uh, tourette's does that shit too right tourette's with regrets have you been to that yet not yet do you have to get booked for it yeah you gotta get booked okay yeah. i've heard good things yeah it's in oakland yeah it's in oakland and they pack it out like four or five hundred people dude they're really good at it and they've been I had at least 15 years maybe more wow at least 10 i could know that for a fact I, it's awesome it's, it's an institution it really is and it's been around for a while and i've been seeing more shows like uh just uh, i think jorge's doing now for jms podcast he's doing a showcase okay of everything you know um you know uh, every 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 kind of art even painters i think too mm. so i like all that shit i like when when everybody just goes hey, let's just throw everything on the table you know what i'm saying yeah every, just boom let's go because it's awesome you'd be surprised yeah you know but one thing I do notice about the all artist show is that they want people to stay for the whole time and support each other. And a lot of the comedians don't want to do that. They want to bounce. So like if they can't get up within 30 minutes at like, let's say art boutique, then out they go. <laughs> they just yeah. don't have the patience for it. Yeah, it's a timing too. Yeah. You know, so much of this is time, man. Waiting. So many times just waiting 45 minutes before, uh, just for an open mic. You know? Yeah. But you can get a lot done while you're waiting, too. Yeah, you can. You still got to wait an hour, though. But yeah. that's why it's tough. But, hey, you just do it. You know, I'm trying to be changing like that. Like, I don't want to just get in and get out. I like that we stayed at the Poet that whole time. Yeah. This Poet and Patriot is so great in Santa Cruz, guys. Go check it out Mondays in Santa Cruz. Poet and Patriot. It's run by Sam Weber, but he's got a lot of guest hosts lately, right? Yeah, because he went back to school, so he usually can't host anymore. You see a lot of great comics there. John Reinhardt, BJ Rankin, um, James Vergon, some days. <laughs> Sorry, that was a dick no, thing to do, it's but it was funny right. too. <laughs> uh, BJ Rankin. <laughs> hamburger. Yeah, dude. Hamburger with Cheese, the resident headliner. 
Oh, that gets funny. And dude. if you stay till the end of the night, you get to throw coasters at hamburger. It's a That's tradition. the best part of the night. I was throwing. <laughs> I was aiming at his face. I was, dude. That was great. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember I told you that uh, we hanged out that night? You remember that night? And we were hamburger. And then he's, you know, everybody throws coasters. He says, "Now nah, this is the part of the time where everyone throws coasters at me. Where everyone throwing at him, dude." And then we were on the ride home that night. And I told him, hey, man, you reminded me of Marilyn Manson. Do you remember that? I told you that? Yeah. And then he's like, why? He's like, because Marilyn Manson, uh, one time at a concert, told everyone to spit on him. <laughs> you know? And the whole front row was like, he's <laughs> just spitting at Marilyn Manson. Anyways. And then the next day, Marilyn Manson, or two days later, he had like Marilyn Manson, the artist, had like a meltdown <laughs> on stage. Did you see that? After the spit? No, no, this is after the story that I told them. Oh. Two days later. Wait, like, you mean the other week? So we were, no, like, we hanged out Monday, right? Yeah. I, I told them he reminded me of Marilyn Manson. Okay. Then two days later. On Wednesday. Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. You know, Marilyn Manson did a show and he had like a meltdown on stage. You yeah. caused it, Faco. What are you doing? You curse Marilyn Manson. Oh. <laughs> That's what it takes, man. You gotta. It's whoever like says this one time, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> And, uh, and that's when it starts, dude. That's his secret vulnerability. Oh. Pirate radio. <laughs> <laughs> this one time at Bad Camp. <laughs> I had my rib removed. Ooh, woo, woo. <laughs> they stole my candy. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude. You're going to get that candy bar. You remember we talked about, you said about doing a mic at Yo Semity? Yeah. You remember that shit? Yeah, way back in the day. Not very feasible, though, now that I think about it. In addition to permits and the small audience, you know, you just have safety issues, too. So, I don't know if that... That was a romantic idea, but I don't know if it was a great one. I do want to still go camping out there sometime. With a generator. Yeah. <laughs> and a mic. Well, hell, I mean, me and Og are going to trade up and get a new trailer we have to because ours is falling apart it's leaking all over the place so my dad's going to help us with that he says we could get you know 8k for the one we have i'm doubtful though but anyway um we'll get a new place we could take it out and go camping with it oh yeah take it for a ride yeah that'd be tight man would be tight okay uh one minute um my brother gave me a call today and uh gonna go see him the last weekend of march i'll be done with my class so my parents are flying out there but if you're interested in a road trip faco look into it okay yeah but you're gonna drive yeah so but you're gonna leave that weekend how long are you gonna stay well i can decide you know it's flexible i'm basically couch surfing at my brother's place but we can find somewhere else if you or some buddies want to get together for a road head or road trip or yeah. you know. That <laughs> 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 yeah, could be fun. <laughs> Colorado's very beautiful from what I hear and they have lots of weed. It reminds me of like I don't know, like it's three thousand miles to Graceland this movie. Yeah. We're all Elvis impersonators. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know. What about your family, This is Mutiny Radio.fm. I'm David Stolowitz talking with Faco, South Bay comedian and entertainer. And uh, 
we're discussing uh, just our life. I, I guess we're just unwinding. It's a good Sunday for that. Um, I got some shows coming up. Let me see if I have anything else to promote. I know I've been plugging a lot today, but I don't always plug that much. So, if it wasn't me, you'd be listening to that pirate we have on the break or be like, Arr, mateys, listen to Mutiny for the 500th time. We're, we're recording new ads, but, you know, some are just classic. <laughs> anyway, what else have I got on here? Uh, I'll be on the Brady Holt Show on February 22nd. Uh, it's Modern Times Bookstore, I believe. No, wait, Bound Together. All right, it was the other one. Modern Times is Barouche's place. Uh, is done? I thought they, they're just not around no more, Modern Times. Oh, is it? I could be wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> goodbye, Modern Times. Anyway, this one is Bound Together, so looks like I'll be there around hmm, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Should be good. Brady does uh, a long segment out of YouTube, I believe. And he's an absurdist. He jumps all over the place. He was a guest here a couple weeks ago, so you got to enjoy him for a bit. And uh, we put together a really good episode back in the day when I was living in my car. And then Brady started living in his. So, uh, you know, Brady, it's like a lot of people think he's just an airhead, but he actually is a really deep thinker. And uh, he's a good photographer, and he's into nature and uh, health and fitness. And there's a lot I really love about that guy. So check him out. It's also the same night as Jazz Jam at Art Boutique in San Jose. Um, and there are things going on. I'll be at the Elks Lodge with Paul Brumbaugh. Brumbaugh! In Redwood City on the 24th. Brumbo. Enjoy Brumbo. his show, The Edge of Insanity, every Sunday from noon to 2 here at MutinyRadio.fm. And anything else on here? Oh, Mike Spiegelman is starting a monthly sketch show. Um, his first one is going to be Saturday, March 10th uh, from 8 to 10 p.m. It's part of the Friends of Mutiny series. And Speaks is very talented at it. He was busting me up when he was here the other week working on Sketchfest stuff. Check him out. He and his buddy Colin, they have a new group now. Um, was it the Undesirables, I think it's called? Yeah, you can find them on social media stuff. And uh, also, next month, on Monday, March 12th, I will be roasting Warhol Kaufman at his show at Delirium here in SF. And there's a gigantic lineup of comedians to go with it. There's so many, I have to look it up. What's the date? um, It is the 12th, Monday the 12th of March. Sweet. Yeah. 8.30? I think so. Here, let me see if I still got that thing. Yeah, here it is. Um, 8 p.m. Uh, with Roman Leo, Tia Morgan, Emin Love, Journey Roberts, Zach motherfucking Wiseman, hell yeah, woo, woo. Hannah Evanson, Tracy Nguyen, Quinn Quintana, John Alcabez, who thinks I'm creepy, Matt Goobser, James Moira, and Jonah Pollock. And friends, goodness, that means there'll be even more of them. And I'm hosting all of this stuff. It really will be delirium. <laughs> You're hosting or roasting? Yeah, I'm, well, both. Oh. I'm hosting roasting. Okay, so it starts at 8? Yeah, 8 o'clock. And you're roasting Kaufman, Warhawk? Yeah, he just asked me to roast him out of the blue. It was so random. But I guess that's his style. Oh, uh, let's see. In Adicion, 
en uh, el mes de abril es uh, Orale, uh, comedia en español. Mi primero vez uh, atemptó uh, unas bromas y chistes en español. Uh, estoy no muy bien a español. Es de obvio, no. Uh, pero más o menos uh, será un gran show. Uh, check it out. <laughs> Paco, you're a lot better at Spanish than I am. Did you grow up speaking it? You know, uh, yeah, I did, but it never like stuck on 100% like English did. Yeah? It was really weird. Interesting. So you got kind of a mix going on? I got a mix of it. Like, I understood 40% of what you said. <laughs> just, oh, okay. Just kidding. No, I understood most of what you said. Now, th- 30% you is what the people in my class are telling me they're getting, so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. I'll keep improving. <laughs> that works, yeah, so. Man, that's good, man. So, yeah, that's what it's about. Just keep doing it. And you said you might even go and stay and do some Spanish, you said, right? Yeah, this summer I'm looking for a summer job down in Mexico because I was told I need four to six months of immersion to really get fluent. Oh. Yeah. And uh, San Jose is nice because there's so many Spanish speakers, but we also, like, have the Spanglish phenomenon going on, and, and we code switch back and forth. So not quite the same. Got it. <laughs> Paco, anywhere else you want to promote before we close things out? Uh, you know, check me out Friday mornings, 10 a.m. till noon o'clock on RadioValencia.fm. My show's called Spontaneous Innuendos. Check me out. I'm there f- Friday mornings, 10 a.m., RadioValencia.fm. And uh, you can also check me out on uh, first Saturdays of every month at Slapface Coffee and Tea in Fremont. That's in Fremont, the city of Fremont. Slapface Coffee and Tea, first Saturday of every month, 8.30 p.m., comedy night. I host it. Come on through. That's all I got for you. All right. Folks, we gave you a lot of great shows to check out all over the Bay Area and beyond. Get off Netflix and go meet some people, will ya? I mean, really, do you need to watch a seven special on El Chapo? Please come support us, all right? He's so fascinating. <laughs> Thank you so much, San Francisco. You have a great night. Get on the mic and watch the mic start smoking. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, homie. Ain't that Rock Kim Rhymes you biting, nigga? Yeah. Nah. Nah, that's my. I, I wrote that. Oh, that's right. You got back now, Nigga, please. Nigga, please. Nigga, please.
different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> everybody listen to the weekly review with roman every friday from noon to 2 p.m this is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program we interview community organizers activists and artists we talk about ways you can take action right now so listen in to the weekly review every friday from noon to 2 p.m visual and auditory mind control for the best graphic design physical merchandise and live music promotion go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the bay area subliminal sf creates amazing flyers posters and design for every need so go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. 
boy, they are just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen specials. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I 
love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four minute sets and four minute critiques from everyone. Get positive. By host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THCD. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Radio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Big dogs, you gotta fight niggas. You sleep outside in your shit. It's cold. You gotta, like, every time something breaks in the house, you have to maybe get shot first. Okay. That's my bit on dogs. Um. Oh.
Oh, I'm also really shitty at my actual jobs. So I'm a food delivery guy to techies, to tech offices, and I work at a spin cycling class in the hate, also training techies. So I'm from San Francisco, but I'm literally feeding and making the techies stronger. Like I feel like an asshole. Like I'm in there and it's 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 awful. Both my bosses want to fire me though, because I'm really shitty as an employee. I show up 30 minutes late to work every day, but they think I'm funny, so it, it all works out. Um, Working at a spin cycling class is a little tough for me too because I watch a lot of gym porn and in gym porn, it's the same setting like at work, but they fuck each other. And that's totally not what happens at the place that I work, but I'm waiting, I'm, I'm waiting for that to happen. Um. The reason I'm a shitty employee is because uh, when you work at a shitty job, your boss cares about the job way more than you everyone's dietary needs they don't have meat rainbow grocery cooperative an amazing san francisco staple since 1975 for all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs go to timstesseract.com Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com to be a comic it's not as easy as we make it look but that's because mutiny radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs strain those improv muscles every sunday from four to six at getting sketchy with david stolowitz press out those new jokes every monday six to eight on joke workshop with four minute sets and four minute critiques from everyone get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Asiento. Come in after work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater.
Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought-provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. And this is back in 93, 94. Wow, what a dick. I was like, yeah, I think I'll just keep that locking cap I got on there. It looks good. <laughs> 200 pills. Jeez. 300 with the trim. Three, oh, oh the had trim a, was separate. Yeah. Oh, what a, so I had I had all the trim except for that gas cap with that trim. And it's like it would have turned it out. And I had American racing rims on it. Bitching. Dude. Nine inch rear end. That thing fucking that thing flew, man. T10. Oh shit! I bet oh, it did. Dude, it was too much Sweet. fun. The the American five spokes. Yeah, and I used to put Cobra tires on it because they were a little harder. The thing would just crack loose everywhere, dude. It was fucking <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I was that asshole. That guy. Yeah. So when I first got it. It came with an automatic, but it had the hole in the floorboard for the fucking for the, uh, well, do for the, the shifter. <laughs> so I so I so I put a I put a little a little arm on the on the shifter knob on the on the side of the transmission and I'd reach to the floorboard and grab that thing like pop it pop it into gear, right? And then I'd <laughs> you know, one's reverse, three is fucking drive. You had to reach through the floorboard to shift your car. Oh yeah. Wow, that's hardcore. I poured out beer street there a couple of times and the cops were on my ass too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say Gator McCluskey. It was handy. And then I had and then the, the little the little cover the, for the shifter with the hole in the top. I had that like separate, you know, it's like it's a screw on thing from the factory. And so so I had that separate and I just slide that back over, you know. There's my license and registration, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Everybody sounds intelligent in front of a cop. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. It's not intelligent. Respectful. Yeah, I don't even know if it's respectful. I'm afraid. Just yeah, they got too much power, man. It even, is. It's a power trip. They could easily ruin you. They could. They could take you for no reason and say seventy-two hours of fucking monitoring at the fucking hospital for fucking psych evaluation. Fifty-one fifty. Yeah. Did this happen to you much, George? Uh, something you want to talk about? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be covering a lot more of uh, George's uh, symptoms uh, later in the show. Uh, what I was going to bring up, though, was I think Gator McCluskey in one of the uh, famous White Lightning movies had a LTD that had a shifter on the, the column, and then they bolted a four-speed shifter onto the car because it was supposed to be a big hot rod. So sometimes he shifted with the floor, and sometimes he put it in gear. And dude. It, it, they totally... <laughs> dude, that's like this ranchero, man. So I grabbed the dipstick. I grabbed the dipstick to check the oil, and somebody was underneath the thing looking through the bumper. And they're like, hey, did you just pull the dipstick out? And I said, yeah. 
And they said, uh, yeah, it's not going into the oil pan. It's just fucking hanging out there, dude. It, it just, it just <laughs> here I could touch. And they like, Psych. I stuck it in. They pushed it back up to me from down there. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> what the fuck? So this fuck? make like starter noises when you went to turn the key? <laughs> Did you buy this car on Mission Street or Valencia back dude. then? It's it's actually not the the engine isn't even bolted in because they had the exhaust manifold on there when they were sticking it in and it got hung up on the steering box. Oh no! So it's not all the way in because the exhaust manifold is standing on the steering box holding the engine up. Oh fuck! You need to get that thing out of there, or somebody needs to get that thing out. Yeah. Talk to me at break about this dude that needs it though. Um. So we don't get out. uh, I'm keeping it now. (laughs) I'm gonna put a 460 in it. It's gonna be That'll bad. Teach him. I'm gonna make it a rear a rear engine. I'm gonna fucking put a 460 in the bed. Wow. Yeah, and then I'm gonna pull wheelies down Half Moon Bay Race Strip, man. It's gonna be ridiculous. I'm gonna show us how it's done. It's gonna be ridiculous. Ridiculous. He, you heard it here first on the FTW radio show. That's not gonna happen. Okay, it might not happen. I got. I'm gonna have a wheelie. In bars. case it does, though, you might hear it first. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever see any pictures from the Half Moon Bay Race Raceway? I've only heard of it. So the speed it's like strip, champion race. So there's a, there was a there was a uh, it was like a Ford. One of those Econoline pickup vans. Okay. You know what I mean? Where you're sitting over the fucking yeah, over the the first, steering wheels. Yeah, the first vans that were totally, your feet and, were in front of the wheels. And the dude did that with it, right? <laughs> I think Dodge made the same style, you know, the same yep. body style. I think Chevy had something. And similar. he had wheelie bars and he had big fucking wrinkle slicks on this thing and he would get that fucking front end off the ground and fucking ride that thing down the track. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like the Dodge Little Red Wagon or whatever. It's insane. Cab over pickup truck like that. By the way, I re- oh, by the way, fucking I had to call around a bunch of tow companies. One company wanted to charge me 250 bucks. Bastards. To tow it 11 miles. Wow. Yeah, and I, I called them up. I was like, I just want to price this. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And then, and then they got like on Google Maps or something and found the, found the, so somehow it was 11 miles from here, from down there in Bayview out to the Sunset at 20th Avenue. Really? Yeah, somehow. I'm like, 11 miles? I was like, the city's only seven by seven. Yeah. And it's, it's not as the bird, as the crow flies. It's as the route takes you. Uh, well, I guess they got you there. Well, he's got to go by the Embarcadero and say what's up to his buddies at the parking garage. And Apparently, because I'm thinking the same thing. Bayview to 16th <laughs> nah, I don't, Street. I don't know, know what it was. So I got a good number from a, a company called um, Nelson's Towing Service. I'm just throwing a shout out because the young lady on the phone was so freaking cool. Hey. And they're like, they're on Q and the, tr- and the truck was on Y, right? So alphabetically, that's how far, how many blocks it was away. Yeah. From their shop. And she actually, she took my number down and she called me back like an hour later. And I, did, I didn't recognize the number and I was washing my hands or something. So I didn't make an effort to jump on it. And then she called me back. She sent me a text with a picture of a green ranchero. Like a 72, right? Like a Grand Torino fucking bad yeah. boy. Like fucking Starsky and Hutch, but with a bet on it. Uh-huh. Bad as fuck. An Earl car. And she, and she said, I forget what the text was about. I was like, is, you know, is this is the green one or the, or the tan one? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? So I called her and I was like, I sent her, I sent her a text with pictures of, the, of my truck. And it, 
I didn't see the tan one to begin with. The green one, I had no idea where that came from. But she uh, she actually drove by because I told her where it was. She, <laughs> the, the hour before, she drove out there to check out where the thing was. And I guess there was a ranchero parked around the corner. <laughs> yeah, fucking crazy, right? But yeah, she put all that effort into it, you know. And it's like should have been an She was like, "Well, I got a guy coming in with the flatbed, and it was only like it was less than hundred bucks for them, you know. So it's like a big price jump. Fuck yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, I just want to throw some throw some business at you at this point, you know, because I'm I'm figuring I don't want to tow this thing with chains because it's just dangerous, you know. Oh yeah, you want that thing yeah. secure? No, I don't want to class. I don't want to put anybody at risk, man. Yes, and you know, no freeways, back streets the whole way. So with all the hills, you got to think about that and stopping and all. So I uh, I had a, a buddy's got a tow bar, like they have off the back of an RV with the little jeep hanging back there and follows them around everywhere. Yep. So I took that and I put it on the front end of the ranchero and I towed that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore. Some, I put some lights on it. I got an adapter with some lights. 1974 style, bitches. Yeah, and like the second I got out the fr- out the driveway, it like bounced and the whole thing broke loose because all it is is like oh. little straps that grab the bumper and it's got a bumper on the front, so it just basically sucks itself up to it. Yeah, and you're like spinning nuts on, on it. there. Yeah, yeah you spin nuts to tighten it up with a chain that goes through. A- <laughs> I, w- I worked at a rental place that had one of those. They, they never rented it out. It was dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I fucking... So I fucking, uh, so I get that thing out of there and I get across San Bruno Avenue and I'm, I'm up in the neighborhood up there by the reservoir and I hang that right turn at the reservoir and it comes out of the turn Uh-oh. and just starts doing this, right? The whole so car? It just starts rocking. Yeah. And it's pulling, it's like making my ass bounce a little bit, fuck right? Fuck yeah, at this man. Point, I'm like, what the fuck, man? The engine going back and forth? No. So I think I might've blown a shock. So it started getting some spring on one side. What in the fuck is this? Jesus. I forgot to stop my phone, man. Wow. I'm just having know. a hap, hap, happy uh, towing experience. Yeah, I this set week. that in there for Christmas. I forgot to change it. <laughs> <laughs> You're one jolly motherfucker. So I think it blew the shock on the on the front left side, and then the, so the spring, you know, didn't have any any resistance other than the spring bounce. And once that started oh, going, so the shock it got yeah. the resonance going. You know, the more speed I got, it just started. Fucking, I could see the steering wheel fucking bouncing all over. <laughs> so I pulled over and uh, I checked the wheel and the wheel, the, the front left wheel, thinking, you know, maybe it's loose. Maybe maybe the fucking tires off, you know, the rim's loose. Yeah, I don't know. Something. The bearings, the ball joint. Yeah. Nothing. Everything seemed tight. I couldn't jack it up because I had that bumper thing on there and it was like 630 and I got to be here at 8. And I'm not even halfway home yet, you know. It's like fuck, Ooh, really crawling along, yeah. So I fucking uh, is that when you called me or after? That? So I put no after that. So I took <laughs> bungee cords and I bungeed the steering wheel to the fucking front seat, like below it. You know, I went to the holy shit, MacGyver. This gets better by the yeah. second. And then it just it smoothed it out, dude. And I fucking came down Silver Avenue. I went up Alamany. I just said fuck it. Hell yeah, I would too. Alamein would be the way to go. You know, the, the sun had already Flat. gone down. It fucking, I had, I didn't have running lights on it, but I had turn signals and brake lights. And my buddy was, was fucking tailgating me the whole way home. Oh, there you go. Wow. But yeah, it was an, it was an excursion. It was an adventure. It sounds like an adventure. So I we got both the thing, adventurous I got the thing off the back of my truck into his, uh, into the spot where it's, where I'm going to be working on it. And I got home at 7.04. Oh, did you have your music list done already? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, I took care of that. So that's, uh, that was my day. So then I ran over here. I fed my dog real quick, <laughs> threw everything in a bag. And you made a music list. 
the music list I made yesterday. Oh. I was feeling good. Far out. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs>
Jordan, Patty Melton, Monte Carlos, and Eldorado. So I'm waking up out of my slumber, feeling like Rollo. So follow, it's showtime at the Apollo, minus the Kiki Shepherds. With about a hoe and a leopard print. Teddy, Pendergrass, cooler than Freddie Jackson, sipping a milkshake in a snowstorm. That bought the warm in the dorm room at the AU. We blew hate to athletes, might cake you, but you must have been mistaken with them statements that you make, huh? Lick you like a lizard when I'm slizzard or sober Six million ways to fold ya Like no one's I get two of you and you get pretty deep But I call your ass from 80s I know you'll be there for me, girl Ain't no need to panic. I got a stick and want your automatic. 